Everybody, welcome. It's the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network, where you can find God's sentence for your life and become the new you, where we talk about finding passion, vision, and faith in your walk with Christ so that your life can overflow with joy, peace, and hope today. As always, we are in your car radio, streaming live on the internet at newjohnsimmons.com, and also Streaming live video over on Facebook. Just search for the new John Simmons show. You have a multiple point access to the show tonight. The content uh, that we share each and every weeknight here at 9 o'clock. Trying to encourage you in so many different ways. Tonight's conversation is going to be about hearing God's voice. You ever wonder what God is saying to you? Or sometimes you wonder, God, will you please talk to me? That's going to be the conversation on tonight's show, and maybe the next few shows, more on that coming up. Before we get into uh, the bulk of tonight's conversation, I wanted to share uh, some exciting news and notes coming up very soon. If you were with us last week, you heard uh, a lengthy conversation about the movie Paul, the Apostle of Christ. This is the new film that's out in theaters now that stars the guy who was Jesus and the Passion of the Christ, but he plays Luke in this film. This is the telling of the last uh, month or so of Paul's life, the Apostle Paul, when he started to write the Acts of the Apostles with Luke. Well, Luke wrote it. He was sort of dictating. And uh, some of the letters and things like that that we now read as the New Testament. Uh, this was an encouraging movie. My wife and I saw it last week over the weekend. A uh, very, a very uh, meaty film. There was a lot to take out of it, and we're going to get the special opportunity. I'm very excited to announce this, that uh, the director of this film, his name is Andrew Hyatt. He also wrote the script that brought so many big names and big people to put this movie together on our big screens for us. He's going to be joining us. On the program, yes, that's right. I, uh, I'm going to be having a conversation with him tomorrow. We'll be sharing that either tomorrow night or Thursday. <laughs> One of those two days. Uh, keep posted. But yeah, we have an exciting interview with Andrew Hyatt, the director of Paul, the Apostle of Christ. I'm very excited to talk to him about not only the great film that he's put together, but we have talked an awful lot on this show about people who have been called to create content for media that is Christian in nature. And this movie is obviously that, you know, I'm looking 
for people to be even more bold in the sense that, hey, let's make something that isn't just based on the Bible that can entertain as well as encourage and also share the light of the gospel. Where are my prime time Christian shows at, guys? That's what I'm hoping to see in my lifetime. I don't want to have to go watch, you know, Little House on the Prairie on TBN at 7 p.m. with my kids. I want to be able to turn it on CBS. Now, maybe this is a pipe dream. Maybe something like this will never happen. And you say, well, John, they got that show Living Biblically. Yeah, we've talked about that on the show. Uh, that is, I, I, I went back. We talked about that on the show uh, a few weeks ago. This brand new show on CBS called Living Biblically. After we did that show, I went and researched the guy who wrote the book that that show is based on. He is a, I think he was a, he's an He's a writer for Esquire magazine, or some magazine. I don't know if Esquire is the right one. And he did. He actually did this, what this show is based off. He lived an entire year of his life following the Old Testament laws in the Bible. The book of Leviticus, if you didn't know, you know how you, most of us have heard of the Ten Commandments. Not everybody is familiar with the laws that followed. These were 600-plus laws that were given to Moses to give to the Israelites so that they could follow God's plan and then find salvation through that. Now, ultimately, God is not the one who you know, said, you guys need to do this. The people of God decided, hey, show us what to do. Show us how to worship you, and we will do the things that you ask of us. And so first, God sent down this list of 10 things to just prove to them that even if they try very hard to live perfectly, that they will fall short. And so uh, when some people didn't get their minds wrapped around that, uh, God sent these 600 laws that on our best day, we're not doing all of these things. And uh, it's just proof of our need for a savior. It's proof of why God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. Because even with a right heart, even if we're not out there murdering people or taking the Lord's name in vain, we're still committing some sort of treason against God even if it's not morally objective, even if it doesn't get us stares at from the, the world, sometimes just telling a lie, sometimes just doing some of these things, or just us breaking, you know, that thing that is keeping us from God. And so we need a Savior. And so these Levitical laws, to get back to this point I'm trying to make about Christian uh, content in the, in the media realm, the show Living Biblically, based on a true story of a man who lived a year to write a book about his experiences, uh, a man who was agnostic by his own admission. He says he does not believe in God, and yet he's, he's following the rules of the Bible. I think he started it as a way to make fun and poke fun at the Bible and the things that it teaches us. I really, I don't want to say offended is the word, I it, it's... I know people who don't know Jesus are going to make fun of the Bible, and I get that. But from a logical perspective, from the people who want to say, well, you know, it it, it contradicts itself, the word of God, and, you know, can you believe that, you know, they talk about slavery and needing, and God talking about needing slaves in the Old Testament. Look, man, the Old Testament is gone. The Old Testament laws have been, uh, those things are broken on the cross. The new law is written on our hearts, Romans says, that we are to follow the law on our hearts and that the Holy Spirit brings conviction and that Jesus told us to live out these great two commandments, which is to love God with all our heart and to serve others as ourselves. These 600 laws that this man tried to 
walk out over the course of a year, which he does say that he literally threw pebbles. He carried pebbles around in his pocket waiting to find someone who was an adulterer so that he could stone him. (laughs) It sounds hilarious. Oh, that's funny. And he didn't shave for a year. He had this huge, you know, massive beard. I saw pictures of it. He wore uh, white robes and he didn't mix his, you know, polyester shirts with his cotton shirts because it says that in the Bible there is a law that you can't mix fabric clothing with one another. He carried around a seat that he used to sit wherever he was, whether it was at work or at his own house, because the Bible says you can't sit somewhere that someone has menstruated. And so he said, uh, man, and so like he, he's doing this to make a point that like uh, Old Testament laws are for old people, that we shouldn't follow them, they're archaic, they're, they're not politically correct, they're useless. And look, I get that, you know, I'm not, I'm not for us going back in time and saying, no, let's keep the 600 laws and let's all keep doing them to find salvation. No, Christ... When he died on the cross for us, he killed all those, the need to keep up all those rules. All we have to do is confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Christ is Lord. That's all the law that we have today. And so from a logical perspective, when people, you know, talk about the Old Testament laws, they don't even understand the the logic of our faith is that Christ, you know, his life and his sacrifice on the cross remove some of those things. And so when people get hung up on Old Testament laws, when people try to use the Old Testament laws against us Christians today to prove that God is stupid and, you know, he believes in slavery and all these things, you can't argue stupid sometimes. But the people who want to argue and say it's logical, it's logical to believe these things. Well, it's also logical for you to come to this argument knowing the facts of the Bible and the word of God and what my faith is. My faith is not in these 600 laws from the old Testament. I don't find salvation by sacrificing a goat every seventh year. You know, these things are not something we have to do anymore. So if you're going to argue, not necessarily with me, but about faith in general, you're going to post about it. You're going to write about it. You're going to write a book about it. You're going to make a TV show on CBS about it. Understand the concept from our perspective of what we're actually doing. It's incredibly ignorant. You think that we're ignorant in our, in our, you know, diminished capacity to only put our trust in God and an imaginary creature in the air that no, like, look, come on guys. If you're going to argue science and you're going to argue, you know, logic, at least be, uh, logical enough from your own perspective to carry the weight of our argument with you. Okay. Don't just lean on this old, lean back onto this old Testament law and, and use that as your reason not to follow Christ or your reason to bash Christians or your reason to make a, a show you think is funny on CBS that I can't watch with my children because it, it it does talk about the Bible, but it is not for Christians. It is it is the world's you know laughing stock, you know, among other shows. But this show is actively taking you know bullets, shooting bullets at our faith, and so. Not something I want to, you know, get the popcorn popped and get the kids up and say, everybody, you know, get around the fireplace and the TV. We're going to watch Living Biblically because they're going to make fun of us and our Old Testament laws for a half hour tonight. Yeah. But I do want to see shows get made in the future and maybe we'll be part of this through the ministry to be able to encourage people to discover God's sentence for their life, to help them discover their God-given gifts 
And maybe some of those people will help themselves uh, to some of the future media and, you know, creating a, a spot for their their ideas and their their dramas and their comedies that they want to create. I would love to see a primetime Christian show. I would love it. I would support it to the ends of the earth. And maybe it is a pipe dream, John. Maybe you're dreaming to think CBS or NBC or ABC or any of these channels will show anything that promotes the Christian faith. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe there will be a news station that's not like TBN. It might be Christian in name, but it is able to use its and again, I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to listen. I'm not making fun of TBN. But when I think of the Christian faith, I think of our seven days a week faith. And we don't spend all day in front of the in front of the church steps and we don't want to go to church every day. Sometimes we just want to laugh and even even God had emotion and laughter and joy and so and he wants us to enjoy parts of our life. I would like to sometimes, not every day, do I want to just you know plop down in front of the TV and you know spend five hours there. But there are times that you want to watch a good movie and you want to watch a funny show. And wouldn't it be great if we were able to watch something on the TV that was made for Christians that isn't just a sermon, that isn't just a, a, a telethon to make some money, that isn't something that isn't productive. Uh, from a church perspective of like, well, we're teaching you something out of the Bible today. Like, can we talk like real people every once in a while? Can we just hang out? Can we have a laugh together? Can we tell stories that are worth sharing, uh, even if they are made-up stories? Do they have to come out of the Bible every single time? I don't know. That's just my my soapbox for tonight. But I'm very excited to talk to Andrew about his very powerful movie, Paul, the Apostle of Christ, will be talking with him tomorrow. Very excited to talk about how he was gifted by God to, you know, have this vision for this film. A very cool film. It it, it poses a lot of questions. I'm going to ask him, you know, about some of the imagery he used and some of the story lines that he put into this film. Very excited. I want to talk to him about what it's like to work with the guy who played Jesus See if I can get Jesus' phone number. I'm I'm one step away from Jesus, everybody. <laughs> uh, I'll, you know, you ever play that game Six Steps of Kevin Bacon? You know how they say that everybody in the world is knows at least uh, somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows Kevin Bacon. It's called Steps. Uh, I am now once I talk to Andrew, I'm one step away from the guy who played Jesus in the Passion of the Christ. I've arrived, Mom. I'm going to make it. <laughs> Very excited uh, to talk to Andrew tomorrow. So I'll be looking forward to that. Uh, tonight's conversation, though, uh, to sort of shift topics now, is going to be talking about hearing God's voice. This is something that uh, we've talked about on the show before. Hearing God's voice is something that we believe on this show and in this ministry that runs the show that is absolutely available to all Christians today. Some Bible teachers, well-known and well-meaning Bible teachers, uh, teach that God only speaks to us through God's Word. And I absolutely affirm that God speaks to us through His Word, through the Bible. We can take the words in the Bible to the bank. They are the truth. They are the light. They are the direction. Uh, But I do not believe that that is the only way that God talks to us today. But when I got born again, I wasn't sure the methods and God used to speak to me personally. 
and I was hearing people saying they were hearing from God. I didn't know what that meant. I had a lot of questions regarding hearing God's voice. So I started to press in early on in my walk with Christ, asking him, God, what are you saying to me? What should I be listening for? I heard God's voice, or at least I thought I did, you know, the very first night that I got born again. And I was really unsure, but I was also very confident. It was a very weird feeling the first day of my Christian walk, hearing the kingdom of heaven is upon you repeat in my mind over and over again, and then seeing it written in the book of Matthew only moments later. This was the first time I heard God's voice, but it was months before I heard it again, and I was really I was really curious to know more about it. And it was something that I, I studied early on in my faith, and I read a lot of books, and I was asking questions at church, and I wanted to press into God's Word and find the scriptures that talk about hearing God's voice. And I started to notice and make several observations about when God was talking to people in the Bible. Throughout God's word, we hear God talk to all sorts of people. Anytime you hear, thus saith the Lord, or, and God spoke, and you know, this is the very first thing, you know, the first chapter of the first book, Genesis, you know, God spoke and turned the lights on, and God spoke and there was, you know, heaven and earth and all of these things. So God's been speaking since the very beginning. And when Jesus came, he spoke to all of us. He talked in parables. He asked questions. He answered questions. So there is a precedent that God is speaking to us. And even in the New Testament, Paul's getting knocked off a horse. The apostles are talking to Christ and they're talking to God afterwards. The churches are praying and asking God for things and they're receiving answers. I do not believe that God's voice has stopped talking to us today. The Bible says that he's the same today, tomorrow, and forever that he was in the past. And so I want to be able to stand on the word of God, which says in, in every book that I've read that he talks to people and people hear uh, many things. We're going to talk about on tonight's show and maybe the next couple shows uh, when we have the time. This was the very first lesson that I did in depth inside the ministry testimony house. When we first started having our family meetings, we called them back in 2013. So when we come back, I'll sort of discuss the origin of those family meetings, and uh, we'll discuss uh, what it's like to hear God's voice and what this series was that I taught over at the family meetings back in 2013. This is good stuff. I have not talked about this probably since then, so I'm very excited to bring this to the airwaves tonight. Don't go away. You're listening to The New John Simmons Show. Find passion, find vision, find faith. You're listening to The New John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. Welcome back to the program, everybody. It's the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. Stay connected with us on social media. Just look for at new John Simmons on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you would like to watch the show, if you would like to uh, check it out on YouTube, just search the new John Simmons there or on Facebook as well, the new John Simmons Show. Lots of ways to stay connected with the program and get all the encouraging information. Some of our rants or just anything that... Uh, 
you're looking for in life when it, in regards to finding God's path for your life. We are creating resources. We have blogs and articles on the website, newjohnsimmons.com. Stay connected with us and you'll be able to get access to all of those things or at least know when they are available. Tonight's show, a discussion about hearing God's voice. This was the first lesson that I taught at what we call the family meetings. When I started Testimony House back in, well, God gave me the vision in March 2013. I quit my job in May of 2013 and we had our first meetings in July of that same year. Uh, Originally, our plan was to get together to become a group of believers who would build testimonies that would go out and, you know, encourage others to find Christ through our testimonies. Lots of ideas and things were floating around early on in the ministry, but one of the sort of the foundations were that we were going to try and meet together regularly. As as it says in Acts 2.42, the church grows in four ways. Through prayer, doctrine, breaking of bread, and fellowship, we wanted to have meetings that followed these tenets. Not as a religious activity, but just, hey, look, if the Bible says this is how the church grows, then we will do our best to do these things as well. So we think that it's just important for believers to spend time together as it is for believers to pray together. It's just as important for believers to get you know, to hear a sermon together is it is for us to go out and eat dinner together. <laughs> Whoa, John, wait a second. Are you saying dinner is more important than church on Sundays? I'm saying that the Bible says there is a purpose for us spending time together. And if we do all of one thing too much, we become gluttons in that area. If all you do is read the word of God you're not going to be able to build a relationship with someone because you're not spending enough time with them. If all you do is spend time with another Christian but never read the Word of God, you're not going to have those truths inside of you. If all you do is go to eat with other believers and you don't pray, you, you see where I'm going here. So if you do anything too much, it's a bad thing. Even the good stuff. It's all about moderation and using our time wisely. And Look, those are the words of God, and so... You can make your own assumptions on whether or not Sunday church is more important than eating dinner with other Christians. I'm saying that they're both important. And neglecting one for the sake of the other is not a good idea. So we started these family meetings back in July of 2013 with this foundation that we would do some sort of teaching material. Originally it was talking about planning out your life, and God has a sentence for your life. Those are the first two sort of lessons that we taught. These were the things that God put on my heart early on that I'm still teaching years later. God has a sentence for your life. God told me that in 2013. Here I am in 2018 still repeating it over and over ad nauseum to some of you, I'm sure. God has a sentence. I'm sure he does, John. Could you shut up? (laughs) Look, (laughs) hey, I'm just doing what I've been told to do. Uh, some people, it takes a long time to hear something. You know how many times my family told me to stop gambling? Hmm. (laughs) I can't count it on one finger, I'll tell you that, or one hand. How many times have you tried to lose weight? How many times have you tried to pass that test? How many times have you tried to get that job? How many times? 
Have you tried to do something and it not worked out the first time? Sometimes we need to repeat. (laughs) We need to go over things again. We need to do a better job. Maybe we need to listen better. Maybe we need to study harder. Uh, whatever, Whatever it is. For me, I didn't listen when people told me to stop gambling. Even though it would have helped me back then, I needed the grace of God and the deliverance for my addiction through Christ. We started these meetings in July, wanting to teach people things. Even if you think I talk about it too much, you repeat it too often. Dave Ramsey, you heard of him? He's been talking about money on the radio for 25 years and still 15 million people tune in every day. (laughs) He hasn't said anything new in years. That's okay. The Bible's 2,000 years old. It hasn't gotten a new chapter in a long time. It's okay to repeat things. Some people need to hear it more than once. If you're like me and stubborn, you might need to hear it for years and years and years and never uh, decide to follow the good advice. People don't like change. I had a boss who said, I hate the word change. <laughs> In business, aren't you supposed to grow and adapt and move on to you know, bigger and better and easier things or new products? I don't know. To be a businessman and to hate the word change, that's, uh, that's difficult, but... People in general, not just this man and not just business people in general. Change is hard for anybody. And when you come to a a Bible study and they're talking about changing your life for Christ, look, man, I got my own issues. I don't need you telling me what to do. I don't need you showing me the better way to go or whatever. (laughs) You don't today. You know, if you have that attitude, you're not going to listen anyway. You have to have a receiving heart to be able to learn something. You ever go to class when you didn't want to, whether it was high school or college, and you just stare off or fall asleep or get into your phone. I didn't have a phone to look at when I was in high school. I didn't get to tweet my friends or whatever. I used to just do a lot of sleeping at my desk instead. It's easy for us to get distracted, and especially if we don't want to be where we're at. And when we try to learn things, That's usually the case, and most often in school, that daily grind of having to learn something over and over again, i got to go to this stupid class again. Not everybody's excited to sit up in front and ask questions and be engaged. We don't want to. We don't like to change. We don't like to learn. We don't like to be told we're not smart enough. We don't like to feel stupid when we try and answer a question and we give the wrong answer. But when you become a born-again believer, it's up to us to realize that, hey, we've done things wrong our whole lives. It's the reason we need Christ. And if we can humble ourselves to realize we need Christ, we can humble ourselves to know that we need to continually learn in life. That's why churches teach a lesson every week. That's why Sunday school exists. That's why there's thousands and millions of books that have been written to try and encourage you, not just in your faith walk, but, I mean, to teach us about math and science and history and all of these things. It might be boring to learn sometimes, but there's a reason for all of it. We're never going to stop learning. We're never going to start stop teaching each other. But some people will stop wanting to learn. Some people will not desire to chase after any new knowledge. Guess what the Bible says about that? Hosea 4.6 says Christians are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. You don't know what you don't know. And if you're not looking for knowledge, if you're not trying to learn, if you're not trying to grow as a person, become a better, more 
you know. More smarter? <laughs> yeah, John, you're real more smart. I know. If we're not trying to be a better person by learning more, we're going to be destroyed. It may not happen overnight, but something you don't know is going to cause something in your life not to work out. Whether it's you don't know how to take care of your car and it breaks down, you don't know how to be a good parent and your kids turn out awful, you don't know how to be a good employee and you don't make that money. If you don't learn how to be better at something, you'll never be good at it. That's just a fact. You might you might have a natural ability that it could, that'll get you someplace, but the guys who play professional baseball, they went to practice. They learned how to be a better batter, a better pitcher, a better outfielder. In fact, even the guys today who have signed millions in of dollars in contracts, they still show up on the days we're not watching them in the stadium and they work out and they practice and they take instruction from coaches. It's called learning. Even the best of the best understand the need for it. If we are unwilling to yield our hearts to learn what God has for us, we're going to find ourselves in a life that's on a path of destruction. And the destruction may not be murder or death or, you know, addiction. It might just be that things don't work out and you, you end up going, why isn't this happening? Why isn't this working out? So I think it's very important for us to recognize God's voice because his voice speaking to us is going to allow us to find the answers to the questions in our lives, to find the path that he wants us to walk down, and ultimately to be able to understand his word so that we can walk it out through our behavior in faith. Testimony House, family meeting starting in July of 2013, one of our first series we did called God's Voice, a five-part series where the voice is an acronym for five words. So God's voice, V-O-I-C-E, the word voice, an acronym for these five tenets, vision, the V. So what we're talking about here is that I've made some observations in the Bible through various uh, moments where God is speaking to us, and not to me or not to you, but to people in the Bible throughout the course of you know, from Genesis to Revelation, when God speaks to us, I started to see general, now there might be some, you know, <laughs> outside of what I'm talking about, there might be some exceptions to the rule, but there are some general ideas that we see throughout scripture that are showing up when God speaks to us. And so I created a series called Hearing God's Voice to answer all those questions that I had when I was a born again believer for the, you know, in the early days going, well, what does God say to me and what should I be listening for? And if he talks to me, what should I do with it? And if I see a rhema word, which is a word in the Bible that jumps off the page and seems like it was written for us right in this moment, what should we do with that information? So I've put together this series and I haven't touched it since the first time we put it together. So it's been almost five years since I brought this out. I was reading through it, and I find that it's, it still holds up. And uh, I wanted to share it with you guys on the air to try and encourage you in this area of hearing God's voice to try and give you some thoughts and, you know, reveal some things to you that I, I saw in the Bible, and maybe you'll you'll recognize them as being true yourself and and begin to maybe think about your conversations with God a little differently. 
in your quiet time, in your prayer time, in your Bible reading time. If you're listening for God's voice, you should it'd be helpful at least to have some sort of guide or some sort of roadmap to steer us in a direction of looking. So God's voice, I created this. Hopefully it's encouraging to you. When you pray and ask God for vision, we believe that he will reveal it to you through his voice. Different purposes and plans for each of our lives. We're all unique. None of us have been called to do the exact same thing. We might be called to work on the same projects, but we are not called to do the exact same things. We are members of the body of Christ. No body part is more important than the other. You might be an arm or a leg or an elbow or a head or a brain. And you might think, well, I'm the best brain. Well, guess what? If you're a brain without a body and an arm to move, you're gonna you're not going to get as far in life. So all of the members of the body of Christ are important and vital. And if all of us were doing the same thing, we'd all be a bunch of arms and none of us would have a body. So when we pray, God's going to give us a vision for our lives. When you become a born-again believer, Ephesians 2.10 says you were designed and created to do good works through Christ Jesus. It also says throughout God's word that you've been gifted and called according to God's purpose. According to God's purpose. That's weird. So you mean we shouldn't just be doing what we want to do? We shouldn't just find the job we want and marry the person we want. You mean we should consult God in some of those choices? <laughs> hey, we can make choices without God, and they, and they may not be the worst choices. And God even says that even when we make mistakes, he can turn it around for our good. So even if we marry the wrong person, he can still turn it out to be the best relationship we have ever had. But if you know God's in your life and should be steering your path, and you're not married yet, yes, you should consult God in that decision. If you haven't picked that school that you're going to go to in the fall, you should include God in that decision. You got born again while you were attending the University of Missouri? Go ahead and finish that school. It's okay to get that degree, but you should consult God when you're trying to apply for a job. We're not legalistic around here, which means we're not just doing things by the letter of the law and this is right to do and this is wrong to do. And if you do something in the middle, you're a sinner still. No, look, each of our lives are different. We're all going to mess up. The Bible says we fall, even Christians fall seven times a day. But when we hear God's voice, he's trying to tell us something. Even in our mistakes, we should be able to try and cipher out our own thoughts and take the thoughts that God has given us and apply those to our decisions in the future. We can't cry about spilled milk. We can't, you know, say, well, I've already done this, so my life's ruined. I'll never have what God has for me. No, it's not. I was a problem gambler for years. Got called out of that dark casino to do God's work at 30 years old. Now I'm 35 in a couple months. There's still time for you. I, if God hadn't got me then, what if God would have got me at 40? I'd be doing, I'd be sitting here at 45, <laughs> little, little more, a couple more gray hairs, but I, I could still be doing this. God redeems the lost time. Joel two twenty five says, so if you feel like it's too late in life for you, that hearing God's voice is not going to matter, that your unique plan is not going to work out because you've already just made too many bad decisions. That's not true. That's not what God's word says. You know, you're making assumptions about God's word, which means maybe you need to read it a little bit more. It's okay. I do too sometimes. 
God's word, when it gets in our heart, will show us the way to walk in life. And when we're listening to the voice of God, we're able to decipher that path when we're starting to make our first steps and even further down the road when we've said, okay, well, we've been with you for a long time, God. I haven't heard from you. I don't know what to do next. Hearing God's voice is very important. He's going to give us a vision. It's the first thing he gives us when we start asking God to speak to us. And when we come back, we'll discuss the other four tenets of hearing God's voice. What else is he talking to us about when we pray and ask for him to speak to us? We ask for things in prayer when we're looking for God's word uh, to speak to us in the Bible. So many things we can pull out of this. Don't go away. You're listening to the new John Simmons show. Want to start writing or add to God's sentence for your life? Want to learn what that means? Visit newjohnsimmons.com for articles and videos that can help you find a future and a hope for your life today. Now, back to the new John Simmons show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. New John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network, with you each and every evening at 9 p.m. I'm hoping that you have headed over to newjohnsimmons.com recently. We have a brand new streaming site up as well as links to listen to the show live on the website. Uh, So we have a more secure method for you to be able to listen to the show, whether you're in your car or streaming live wherever you are on the go. You have access to the show in many ways, either via our website, newjohnsimmons.com. You can also head over to iTunes, pick up the New John Simmons Show podcast. You can watch the past shows on YouTube. There are so many ways for you to get a hold of this conversation and not just this conversation, but the conversations we'll have in the future. Coming up Friday, we're going to have our third show about the motivational gifts, talking about finding your God-given gifts. We're going to be talking, I think, about the teacher gift on Friday. This is something we've been planning for a long time to put together a series on the motivational gifts found in Romans to encourage each of you to hopefully discover or at least seek to discover what God's put inside you that you know makes you stand out in front of a crowd, helps bring you in front of kings, and allow your gift to make room for you. Uh, so that's coming up on Friday. Tonight, though, we're talking about hearing God's voice, talking about something that was very new to me when I first got born again. Is God talking to us? What's he talking to us about? How do we hear his voice? How do I get in a position to listen? I had a lot of questions, a whole lot of questions about what to do with my new budding relationship with God. We teach now that you build a better relationship with God through quality time and communication. This is how you build a better relationship with your wife, with your husband, with your children, with your best friend, with your acquaintance coworker. Quality time and communication. If you don't talk to somebody, you'll never build a better relationship. If you don't spend time with them, you'll never build a better relationship. You might still have a relationship, but you're not building a better one. So it's important to hear God's voice. You hear God's voice by getting in that quality time and communication with him. This was the first series we taught at our family meetings back in July of 2013. God's voice. Voice stands for vision, overcome, instructions, climb, and enter. 
five methods of hearing and being encouraged by God's word. We definitely don't have enough time to get into all of them on tonight's show, but I'm hoping that maybe over the next couple shows or maybe sporadically throughout the next couple of weeks we'll get over all of these points individually because I think they can help you. We haven't taught this in five years, uh, but I, th- I, I absolutely believe it still holds up today. Vision is the first thing we should be listening for when we hear God's voice. Uh, the first time I heard God's voice, he told me, the kingdom of heaven is upon you. It was a vision that I needed to find Christ and and seek repentance and forgiveness and turn my life over to the Lord and start believing that God was real, he was talking to me, and that I needed to give my life to Christ and start you know, recognizing the, the shortcomings in my life. And so that was the first vision. Uh, eventually I got a vision for ministry. I had gotten a vision for who I was going to marry. I got a vision for many things. Our first daughter, in fact, the name we gave her, Maya, came from a, a vision from God where I had a dream where she was born and had the name tag Jeremiah written on her chest, but everyone else kept calling her Maya. Uh, I didn't come up with that name. That was a vision from God to name her that. Very cool story, I think. God speaks to us. God shows us things, whether it's in dreams and visions, whether it's while we're praising and singing to God at church and we hear that still small voice in our in our mind, whether it's in our prayer time, whether we're just driving down the road and all of a sudden a thought we didn't have before pops in their revelation knowledge. God can speak to us in a number of ways. Are we listening? Are we tuned in enough? When I'm in a store and Maya gets further away from me than I want, I call out for Maya, turn around, come back here. If another man in the store was to say the same thing, she would not recognize his voice. Maya can pick my voice out of a crowd. I don't even have to be seen for her to know know if I'm talking. If I'm in the other room of the house and I call for her, she knows that I'm calling for her. If a friend of mine was over there and did the same thing, she would not react to him in the same way she would to my voice. This is the same thing in our relationship with God. When you start to develop a relationship with him, you'll be able to recognize his thoughts in your mind because they're not like your thoughts. They don't show up in the same way. You'll be able to recognize God's word when you're reading it, when it's pointed at you. When you're starting to read your, you know, your day, daily Bible lesson or maybe you've got a, a you know, Bible a day for a year and you're going to get through each chapter or whatever it is that they ask you to read each day to get through the Bible in a year. And you're not really looking to get a lot out of Colossians today, but you start to reading it, and all of a sudden those words seem like they're highlighted and in bold, and, and all of a sudden, I, I just deal with I just dealt with that today. I was acting like that. Someone did that to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's called hearing God's voice too. So we should be looking for a vision from God, not just a vision for what job to walk or what ministry we should go work in, and not just an overarching path for our entire life, but a vision for what we should do next. What's next? What's down the road? What's next? Whatever the vision is, if God's talking to us, we should be considering that he's trying to get us to look into something, (laughs) look forward at something. Next uh, on our list here is overcome, to go over these briefly, overcome. There are going to be times in life 
where you have to face obstacles. Uh, you ever tried to do something and then you were very excited about it, like, oh, I'm going to launch this radio show. It's going to be the greatest thing that's ever happened in the whole wide world. And then we have our first episode and the cameras don't work and the, the mics go cold and, you know, you're stumbling over your words. Wait a second. This is not what I dreamed of. This is not the plan that I had. You ever have something like that happen? Of course we have. We we make plans that don't work out a lot in our lives. If you don't, you're, you're, you are the lucky one. You are the blessed one. There must be some sort of calling on your life. And so when we need to overcome something, God's voice is going to help us do that because he's going he's gonna to talk to us. We see this throughout the Word. Uh, the Bible talks about God talking to people to show them how to get out of touch, tough situations, how to get out of Egypt and into the promised land, how to overcome the giants. You know, when they sent the spies in to look at the promised land before they went in, and everybody saw all these six-fingered, 12-foot-tall giants. This is true description in the Bible of these guys. And the spies come back, and they're like, oh, 10 of them were like, nope, nope, we can't go in there. Those are two, those are some big giants. And and two guys were like, no, we can do it. We can, we're going to take them down. And they had grapes the size of your head, and we need to get in that place. Perspective will help you, but God told them what they needed to do to enter the promised land. And for you, there's going to be giants in your life that you're not going to, you're going to you're going to look back at at your spouse and be like, "Oh, I ain't going in there. That's crazy. That they got twelve foot six fingered giants in there. I am not going in there." And so that's when it's time for us to start listening to God's voice. How many times do we need to walk around the walls of Jericho to see them come crashing down? Instructions, sometimes when we hear from God, it's, it's to get direct instructions on what to do. Those are the best kind of words from God, I think, because it's like, okay, now I, I got to do this, this, and this. No, we see this with Noah. He, he learned how to build the boat. We saw this when Jesus talked to the apostles and he told them to, you know, we're going to take five loaves and, you know, two fishes and we're going to, there's numbers and make sure you, you collect all the baskets and make sure you add everything up. There is order in that. There are instructions that we are given. I like this one. It's climb. The fourth letter of voice. Sometimes when God's talking to us, it's trying to encourage us to go a little bit higher. Sometimes we get content where we're at. Well, maybe we did something in faith and it actually worked out. We started this radio show and you know, it's doing a great job, but then God's like, I need you to put it on 10 stations. Well, I got the money for that Lord. And all of a sudden you're like, I I like it back here on this on this little ridge that I'm on. He's like, no, I need you to climb higher. When you get higher, you can have better perspective. You can see further out. Your vision becomes clearer. Uh Uh-oh, we're trying to make a point here, pulling one back here. God's talking to us about vision. You want to have a great vision? You want to be able to find God's sentence for your life in a powerful way? You need to climb. Stop going forward. Let's start going up. I love this. Love this thought. I can't wait to get into all this with you further. The last one, E, for enter. Uh, This is a message of faith. It's time to go. It's time to march. It's time to do. Stop listening for me to encourage you and go. And and sometimes God's got to show up and say, you know, speak to that devil. And and sometimes there's times in your life where you just need to go and do. And when God talks to us in these moments, it means it's time to move. It's time to move because God's about to act in our lives. And if we mess up, 
you know, it might delay a blessing. It might, you know, delay his path in our life from showing up. It might delay a blessing in someone else's life. We don't want to be part of that. God's voice, hearing it, is very important to the life of a believer uh, over the next couple of weeks. We'll discuss this in further detail. Uh, I hope it's going to be a blessing to you. I'm very excited to get into this material. Again, we haven't taught it in five years, and it's something I'm very close to. And it was very personal in my heart because I had a lot of questions about hearing from God. And hopefully, if you have similar questions, this could be a resource that you use in the future to come back to and you know, just encourage you on hearing God's voice and what you should do with that information when it shows up. So I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show tonight. We'll be back again here tomorrow. Curtis, by the boards, thank you very much. Thank all of you for watching over on Facebook Live. Jack, who says, I appreciate the work you do for the Lord, brother. May I continue to direct you. I appreciate you, Jack, uh, for watching on the live stream tonight. I want to thank each and every one of you. Don't forget to get the podcast over on the iTunes store. Visit NewJohnSimmons.com and look for me on social media at NewJohnSimmons. Until next time, guys, I pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today. Thanks for listening to the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. To replay this episode or listen to past episodes, look for the new John Simmons Show podcast on your mobile device. Stay connected to the show. Read the latest news, blog posts, and see behind-the-scenes photos by following at New John Simmons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you would like to learn more about how you can begin to write God's sentence for your life, or join a growing community of people who are finding passion, vision, and faith for their lives, please visit NewJohnSimmons.com. Until next time, we pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today.